Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshow Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. So this week, um, I was massively in love with Brian, and then I think at the tail end, it was potentially the worst three minutes of The Archers I've ever heard. So <laughs> a bit of a mixed bag for me. What about you guys? I don't think it was that bad, that balcony scene. But um, I really look forward to hearing why you hated that so much. And Brian, yes, he was, he, he was great, wasn't he? Although I did feel for Rory this week. I was rooting for Rory. Right, so Matthew, who are we going to deal with first then? Um, mm. The wonderful Brian or the awfulness that is um, Rory's life with Julianne? I think we have to go straight in on Brian. Okay, mm-hmm. let's chuck an ad in and then, um, we'll, and then we'll give Brian the love he deserves. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Matthew, let's see if we can get a word in edgewise before Kerry gives us the full beans on her love for Kerry. No, not, not flick the beans, Kerry, the full beans on why <laughs> she adores um, Brian so much. Well, I'm coming at Brian from a positive perspective, as I agree Kerry would as well. That that, that, that sounds a bit weird, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I've really felt for him this week. The, the moment that I really had my punch the air moment was when Rory was being an arse after they played Cluedo. And it was the the use of the adjective grateful that really set Rory off, wasn't it? And he said, what, grateful grateful for accepting your love child? And then Brian said, no, grateful that she took you in. I was like, that's the same thing, bro. That's exactly <laughs> what he just said. And then um, there was that moment where he was flouncing out of the house to go back to London. And I really liked this when people pushed back because Brian said, go on then, tell me what it was I said that upset you so much. And I was like, yeah, go on, Brian. I was really up for him at that point. Because if someone is, you know, when people do that thing, you've upset me, but I'm not going to tell you what upset me. It's a bit like when they say like, my dog's, my dog's fine unless you annoy it. <laughs> and they don't tell you what, <laughs> what actually pisses their dog off. Um, so Brian really pushed back on that and he still walked out the door. But I think that was the moment where Brian realized that he couldn't do much more with Rory at that stage and just to let him go. My, my love for him peaked when he was like Kerry in the queue at the butchers. He just refused to move. There was no shifting him. He was sat on his bench. And uh, Adam came over and was like, yeah, maybe we should. No, I'm not moving. I thought Adam was so bad at that. You know, when Harrison said, just remember, take your time. And Adam pretty much marched over to Brian and started going, you do know you're trespassing, don't you? <laughs> the police are going to be involved. He didn't try to work out with Brian what on earth was going through his mind or anything. Is there any point me trying to sort of, in, 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 you know, um, prod you and poke you to see if there's any bias here, Kerry? Or we just, do we think that everyone, <laughs> do we assume that everyone listening knows just how much you hate Adam? Well, that's true. But I did think he was pretty poor at that. Did, did you notice that as well? That he didn't try to have any heart to heart with Brian. He was just like, You've got to move your trespassing. So your your dislike of Brian, sorry, your dislike of Adam is not um, is multifaceted, right? So it's not as simple as the acting or um, you know just the character itself. There's like you know you dislike him on, on pretty much every level, but I actually think he's been this week. He's been a bit of the glue, you know, a glue that's been trying to hold the family together. He's trying to do the right thing. He's going around trying to get people to do so he's trying to do some of the awkward kind of housekeeping that no one really wants to do but needs doing at these difficult times 
a bit like Linda did when she went over to um, uh, over to um, sorry, Linda did when she went over to Lillian's house. And yeah, I thought it was a bit, you know, it was a bit awkward and he was a bit schoolboy in a schoolboy, you know, sort of a school prefecty, the way he was trying to kind of move Brian on. But, you know, it's a difficult thing to have to do when you're, you're, you're bereaved stepfathers sitting on the new bench on the, <laughs> on the lawn yeah. of his old house, refusing to move and staring belligerently, you know, at the, at the, at the, the old kitchen. I think you can at least say, are you okay, Brian? You know. Yeah. In, in, under any normal circumstances, Adam starting to talk to you is enough to get anyone moving, isn't it? Yeah. I liked it when he said that Brian keeps just staring at the TV and he's not really watching. And I was like, yeah, that's when you're around, Adam. <laughs> he's trying to pretend he's looking at the telly instead of having to interact with you. And then someone else this week said to Adam, remember, you're grieving too. And I thought he was going to go, oh, yeah, I forgot to change my voice in any way so that you would know that. <laughs> So should we give? Should we? Should we? I, I, I started this off by saying we were going to give massive love to Brian. So Carol, come on, Kerry. Um, you know, and let the floodgates open. Was good. Did we? You not? Did you not find it the same as me? Like you were absolutely just awed by how good Charles Collingwood is. Um, oh, he and is. How yeah. Charismatic Brian is, even when he's you know stomping around trying to avoid people, dealing with all these difficult emotions. Yeah. However, when you were talking about the Cluedo game, um, I Matthew, I think it was, I a weird thing happened. I was on Rory's side completely. <laughs> I actually felt for Rory this week and I thought it was, you know, when you said he said, um, well, what did I say that upset you? I'm sorry, but I don't know what, what it was that I said that upset you. And Rory was like, there you go. You've got no idea about what you said that upset me. That says it all. But Brian was just clambering to try and make things right with Rory, wasn't he, at that moment? I don't think he was... He didn't need to be coming from a position that was defensive, mm -hmm. did he? And Rory's just so... Um, it, it's OK, I get it, he's grieving for Jenny. But the last thing you need is some oik from London with manufactured outrage showing up. Oh, it's flipping not... A, flipping a board game over. I don't think it's manufactured. And and I'll tell you what, I think like anyone who's had Alice breathing down their neck every five seconds, going, <laughs> what is it you're reading? It's that bit, isn't it? Which bit is it? Uh, oh, she has driven me absolutely insane this week. Her and Julianne stifling people. Um, so Rory's having to bat her away every five seconds going, because he wanted to go back to London, didn't he? And he was like, no, no, stay here. And he wanted to see Ben. And she went, you keep seeing so much of Ben. You don't need to see him anymore. She was I would like, have loved to hear some Ben-Rory scenes this week, given yeah. what they've both been going through. Exactly, exactly. She drove me nuts. So I, I was with Rory on that front. Then Brian was, you know, doing that whole Cluedo thing. Aren't we lucky to have had um, Jenny? And basically what Rory was trying to say was, we all took her totally for granted. I think that's fair enough. You think that's what Rory was saying? Mm. That we just... Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that. But that's not the time to start that argument, is it? I really don't think it is. Uh, all he was saying was how good Jenny was towards him. And she, you know, the that, that was then... The impetus for him to go and trespass on the Gill's house and stare in through their kitchen window. Yeah, I think he does need to have a good think about what he's done over over time. And this is sad that the only way he's really properly doing it is when his wife's died, really. I, you know how much I love Brian, but I think Rory has several points. Yeah, I mean, Adam's kind of feeling quite loved at the moment retrospectively by going through... Um, the journal of Jenny. Wait till Brian carks it and they read his journal posthumously. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I remember when you welcomed us into your home. You were so lovely. He's probably going <laughs> to he's probably gonna read a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, it would just be a black book with loads of sort of ratings in it, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Any other things that we didn't get? I, I mean, we were waiting for the gills. We didn't get them. Oh, how close, though. How close we were. Natasha said they seemed quite litigious, didn't she? 
she? at the beginning. Yeah, on in Thursday's episode. Yeah. She was chatting with Tom and mm. she said, uh, I'm surprised the, the girls didn't take action. They seem the sort. Yeah. I was like, do they? We don't bloody know. We've never f***ing heard from them. It does seem very weird that they wouldn't recognise Brian and and then have the civility to go over and say, hey, yeah, I know this is your old house, but do you mind asking? You know, like, it's a bit weird they called the police. It's not it's yeah. Harrison. It's not the police, is it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They, you know, the 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 strange, the strange um, guy in the village who cosplays as the police. <laughs> yeah, like, teddy yes. bear with a hat on. Because <laughs> he was like, "Oh no, no, I can't do anything. This is a civil matter." He probably says that to every crime that he stood in front of, doesn't he? Yeah, that's three hundred kilos of cocaine, Harrison. Is that not a civil matter? All right, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> unless, unless Brian started kicking the shit out of the girls' new alfresco kitchen that had replaced their brick barbecue, there was nothing he could I do. Thought that sounded quite nice. Yeah, I've got, you know, I mean, of all of the kind of uh, um, slightly sort of showy, nouveau things you can do with your home, the kind of like the the um, the the opening up all weather barbecue kitchen mm. thing, I think that looks quite appealing to me. Imagine if he'd gone back there and they totally ripped out of the kitchen and turned it into a garage where they were just dumping like old sofas and stuff. But they did, did they did chuck the kitchen out, didn't they? Mm, to, to an I extent, thought, I think. Oh, right. I thought Jenny sort of saw caught sight of some of it in the garden. In a skip. Yeah. A rusty <laughs> tagine being used as a, um, a, a, a tulip bowl in the garden. <laughs> I do know what you mean about Rory um, having a point. And then also, you know, as I occasionally do, trying to sit on the fence a bit. Um, mm. But also, it's it's a parent's job to suck up the anxiety of their kids sometimes, isn't it? Like, he's obviously, it's a very, very difficult time for him. He's, you know, he's, he's lost yeah. two mothers, which exactly. is, you know, what's the, what, what's the um, Oscar Wilde quote? To lose one is something, <laughs> to lose two is whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I mean, to lose, you know, yeah, to lose one podcaster is unfortunate. <laughs> to lose two podcast presenters is just carelessness. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, um, poor. You know, so I think you know Brian's biggest failing was not actually just seizing the the nettle and saying, "Okay, Rory, you're being a bit of a prick, but you have every right to." And mm. let's have a chat about it. You've lost two mothers. Exactly. That's awful. Exactly, and and Alice should be thinking the same as well. The thing is, though, it's I'm not his father. I'm not his brother or relative, so I don't. And I, you know, also I am finding him more and more awkward a character to hang out with, which is all we do. And mm. so, yeah, I I might understand why he's behaving like an absolute idiot, but it doesn't make it any easier listen for me. Where are we going with him? Because off the this, balcony. This is, well, yeah, that's what I, I thought. Yeah, I was kind. Of, yeah, I thought that too. But I mean, my problem with the character now is. He said last week, didn't he? I don't belong in Ambridge anymore. Mm. And I kind of feel that as a listener as well. What does he do if he comes back to Ambridge? He he can't do anything. He's this this kid that went off to uni, has yeah. now become some kind of, you know, um corporate gigolo in this very strange relationship with this uh this woman. A horrible woman, yeah. Well who needs help closing deals? Who can take him along? Could Vince, if Vince and Elizabeth split up, maybe Vince could hire him. Um, well, Justin knows what he's up to. True, and oh, Justin alluded to the fact that it's just a, this is the that's the ridiculous thing. Like Justin, you know, what should have happened is Justin should have said, "This is bananas." What, look, I'll tell you what: come and do an internship for me, and I'll actually give you some money for the work you do. Uh, instead, he was like, "Oh yes, we all do it, don't we? When we're young, we all prostitute ourselves to try and get contacts." Um, <laughs> It's just it just kind of propagated this idea that it's in any way normal or part of the way mm. that business is done. I mean, I don't claim to be the the most knowledgeable man in the world, but I've been around a bit and I've never seen anything like that. No. God knows what they've researched to cook up this nonsense. If anyone's going to know about prostituting themselves for advancement, it's going to be Matthew. Let's face it. So, Matthew, <laughs> come on. Are we being naive? Hang on. I just muted myself there. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're the, you're, you know, you're the, 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 the rakish. The closest gigolo, to a gigolo that we've got. Um, you know, with kind of almost endless levels of sexual charisma. So I would have thought you would have, you know, has no one ever offered you to, to try to Julianne you in, over the years? Uh, that was a long pause there, Matthew. That was a long pause. 
Have you been paid for sex? Um, yes, another oh, pause. Yeah. Okay, anyway, do we, we've never had three ads before. Am I going to check another one in? <laughs> I tell you what, I'm a bit jealous of Rory because I've never done that thing of like just tipping a board game up in the air. I would quite like to do that. I have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I uh, my stepfather um i told him not to and he took australasia off me in a game of risk oh risk i told him not to that, I, that's not how it works pete you know yeah can you imagine like you know i can imagine the un and nato meeting well you know <laughs> he told me not to invade I thought I gave him every opportunity to back away from his foolish uh, <laughs> endeavour, and he he um, decided it was strategically advantageous to take Australia, and so I, I discussed the risk board across Ooh, the French garden. And that's a lot of little pieces, isn't it, going uh, yeah. pitter-patter, pitter-patter everywhere. Was this last week, Peter? <laughs> exactly, yeah. He sends his love. Yeah. All over the alfresco. Cooking all over the Alfresco kitchen. Yes, this this is probably why I'm I'm not allowed in gardens or allowed to play board games anymore. (laughs) I think the the modern equivalent of that is throwing the game controller down and then smashing it, isn't it? My cousin shooed a PlayStation so thoroughly that he broke (laughs) this inside it. Many years ago, I was walking to the pub in Bristol and a copy from like a third or fourth floor window of one of these apartments in Redland this like copy of um, FIFA came frisbeeing out of the window and landed in front of me in the street. And I had a PlayStation I was picked up. I was like, right, I'll have that. Wow. But I, was com- I didn't really process it until I got to work. I was like, guys, this just flew out and landed at me in the street. And the guy I was working with was like, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> just wow. lost it in the game. Press this eject. Is- it's out. At the risk of being sexist, this is very male territory, isn't it? Yeah, I think okay. that's fair enough. Yeah, my um, my friend um, my friend uh, uh, Martin. He was asked by his insanely provocative boss to do a last minute run, like Friday on a six six o'clock, and ended up doing a John Cleese and shooing his car, kicking the lights in, <laughs> kicking all the panels in, because oh. <laughs> he just was so angry that his boss had basically just like thrown his Friday you know Friday evening down the toilet. Good heavens. I think I think that's what psychologists call kick the car syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean it's it's uh, being heterosexual does seem an unsupportable decision for women. I've got to say, you know, you've got an option <laughs> to us, but not this. Speaking of nightmare males, which one yeah. are we going to talk about next? Tony, look, can, look, can we just talk a little bit about Tony? Um, mm. About the fact that everyone seems to think he's doing quite well. Oh, sorry, who says that? Who says he's doing quite well? Natasha said to Tom, Tony seems quite upbeat. And he was quite oh. up chipper, wasn't yeah. he, when he was doing the edible forest and stuff like that. And I was thinking that Tony's life is so depressing that the loss of a loved one is probably like a dopamine hit for him. <laughs> it's probably like, okay, yeah, I'm actually on the up now. Someone's died. I don't just have to concentrate on, you know, living with Pat. Because Pat said to him, I think it was tonight, um, you don't have to torture yourself. And I thought she was then going to go, that's my job, Tony. Oh, God. Yeah, she, when she was like going, Lillian, Tony wants to speak to you. And Tony's yeah. like pushed forwards, isn't he? Uh, it was very awkward though, wasn't it? Because, yeah, and then she said, yeah, Tony would like to speak to you. And there was a big pause and Lillian went, Woody? I thought, no, <laughs> Woody's Adam. You're confused, Lillian. And then there was that also, also that moment where, Pat just went, it's still quite chilly, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. The atmosphere between Lillian and Tony. Do come in yeah. for a cup of tea. Um, it's all model babies and model trains in that family, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I just wrote baby vom because I got so oh. sick of listening to it this week. Do you want to, do you want some um some uh, intel, Matthew? On the do you want an insight into the cutthroat world of baby modelling? Go for it. So I was um, saying to Kerry beforehand, I didn't know whether I wanted to talk about this on air because it's a sort of like I didn't want to basically I didn't want to be associated with Natasha in any way in this kind of this current <laughs> iteration. So uh, when Cyrus was very little, he got like so many so many compliments about like what he looked like and stuff. 
and uh, we were just a bit you know we were just a bit bored so we just like looked up what what it what was involved in like you know getting your baby registered for an agency and all this sort of stuff and and i think also um my wife was kind of like a bit bored being stuck at home so it was as much about the opportunity to get out of the house as it was to kind of like you know any of the stuff that natasha and tom were going on and you're like oh we'll we'll uh we'll have to make sure we've got the rights and put all the money to once like <laughs> you're not f-ing lady gaga it's a two <laughs> it's two babies for a, a you know like a rusk commercial or something anyway so here's some here's some here's some hard facts right they don't want they don't want professional shoots because the babies have to be, they have to constantly update the photos because the babies are aging so fast. So what mm-hmm. they actually do is they ask you to shoot the baby in plain white clothes on a plain white or close to background, and, and just, they just Photoshop everything else in. No, no, they no, no, but they just just these are the ones that so they have it on file so they can show it yeah. to casting agents. But they, but they don't, they don't want, they don't want you to have these convoluted shoots because it's, it muddies the water for the casting agents, mm. and also they need you to update these every three months, I think it is, or two months or something, because the babies grow so fast. Mm. So, uh, from a purely practical point of view, it's complete bollocks. So anyway, I don't know if that's too tedious. No, it's not. So you didn't pay eight hundred pounds, Peter. <laughs> you didn't max out a credit card doing it. That's the only way this plot works, I think, is if um, uh, Tony and um, Pat are right and actually uh, someone has seen Tom and Natasha coming and is basically, you know, mm. making a quick buck. They've and as seen I said, what? To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, seen Tony um, servicing Pat's um, edible forest. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, oh, the, the only – I was saying to Kerry as well, Matthew – I did used to work in um, like a sort of marketing to do with the music business. And there was always loads of teenage girls who were being um, exploited by, you know, doing paying a fortune for photo shoots. That's what it reminded me of was these, you know, the, the, the thing that got my goat about it. Sorry, there were goats in the archers this week as well. They were eating Lee's clothes, weren't they? But um, I just thought you have, whenever you hear from Tom and Natasha, She's under the cosh at Summer Orchard and Tom's losing his shit about veg boxes and accidentally delivering like three million kilos of carrots by mistake. And then suddenly it's like, oh, well, we could take the day off work. We could yeah. stay overnight in Birmingham. It was like, okay, all right. I guess um, you've just forgot everything that you've been saying in the last year. None of it yeah. made any sense to me. And her saying like 800 pounds, well, you know, if you stick it on the credit, on the plastic, it's like an investment. It's like, what are you talking about? Why didn't Tom go, no, 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 we're not doing that. And I they, think well, they, they should... flip-flop between who wanted to do it and who didn't as well, didn't they? One was keen and then the other wasn't keen. But no, on Monday, they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's very um, convoluted, isn't it? That Pat takes this photo of their kids that she's babysitting and she doesn't even wait for them to see the photo. She has to come over and say, have have you seen the photo that I just sent you in, which is obviously WhatsApp. I think they should, they should put that one up on the website with Tony's socks in the background. And then a a foot fetish website gets in touch and says they want Tony as a foot model for loads of weirdos to jizz over. (laughs) And also like (laughs) when, um, uh, oh, you mentioned the goats as well. Did you notice that a goat laughed at what something that Lee said to Pat? No, I didn't. I did not. I'll listen out for that. But you were very yeah. good at noticing how much um, one of Linda's llamas sounded like Neil once. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, this time when Lee asks um, Pat if they can babysit on Valentine's, he sort of goes, um, Unless you and Tony have anything planned, and the goat goes, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Because of yeah. course they don't have it. I think I planned. cackled myself at the same time, so that was mm. probably that was probably the problem. Because Pat yeah. had a laugh. Are you sure it just wasn't Pat laughing, Kerry? Oh, it could have been actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> because Pat Pat did laugh in his face when Lee said that mm. from from memory. Um, Lee's calmed down a bit, hasn't he? Was it one of you two? That uh, that said you were looking forward to this whole uh, visit from the girls. Me, me, me. Because yeah. it's a test. That half term is a test. And Lee is hoping that Mabel and Betty or whatever they're called are um, 
going to love it so much that they want to stay with them. So I was thinking, how are Helen and Pat going to sabotage the week so that the girls don't want to stay with, with Helen? I mean, it's a pretty bad mantra to live your life by. Lee said, if Helen's not happy, it won't happen. I was like, well, you're fucked, mate. She's never <laughs> happy about anything. <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting for one of the girls to sort of leave their jumper under the bed again and for oh. Helen to just wallop them off. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's Mabel and Evie, by the way. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah, Lee's planning to impress them by taking them to, what, the, the cheese slide, World of Yogurt. Where else is there he's going to... The edible garden. The edible God, the edible forest. Um, here's the river that um, Brian poisoned. Um, yeah, so yeah, you don't want to go to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> do you want more? Do you want more um, pedantry from me? Go yeah. for it. The whole San Francisco thing's bollocks as well. All of the um, it, it, they haven't done their research. It's it, it, San Francisco's hollowing out all of the tech firms oh. on uh, um, sacking people by the tens of thousands. San Francisco's been emptying for ages. Do you not think she's like? Do you not think she's some horrific right winger, and she's the only person prepared to work for Elon Musk? <laughs> Please let us keep our Twitter account. Then it wouldn't be San Francisco. I just, you know, sorry, I, it's 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 me being super pedantic, but I just it just irritates me that they couldn't just get on Google and just do like five minutes research. Just you know, pick anywhere in the world that's actually a boom town that's actually you know that, that is relevant and. Whatever, or at least just type, just say Palo Alto or something. To make oh, do you more. mean, um, do you mean like Swindon? <laughs> <laughs> we need a jingle for Swindon at this point. I have been to Swindon <laughs> for half an hour. I'm in Swindon, right? Just oh. get that on the record. You've got a lot of love in the um, on the Instagram stories this week oh. yeah, well, on I Monday morning. Uh, you know. It's it's fine. It's fine. By the way, did you did you see that tweet, Peter? It's it happens. It's happens at home as well now. Charlotte calls oh. me. Um, Charlotte calls me Biz, born in Swindon. Oh. <laughs> well done, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. It was begging for that punchline, then really, wasn't it? Well, you know, you're unpleasant people, but um, stuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you need to do what Obama did and produce your long-form birth certificate so we can all look at it, Peter. Yeah, that's actually, that's I'm Obama, you two are Trump. Thank you. That is exactly right, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. That makes me feel feel a lot better. I've got a lot of admiration for that man. Mm. And, you know, Michelle Obama does give him a bit of a hard time as well. But uh, so um, (laughs) you're looking forward to this week. I, I don't know why, but it makes me feel very, very sad. The whole thing with Lee, you know, I feel like his little heart's going to get broken, and he's done nothing wrong so far. Uh, you know, there's no reason to dislike Lee as of yet. So I just, yeah, I, I just really don't want him to get hurt. Why has he chilled and why has he calmed right down? And he's why is he not sort of fighting for the girls? And he's just going, well, if Helen's not happy, then that's that. Because he said to Pat, didn't he, when she was pumping him for information? Um, yeah, they're probably going to go to America. I thought, well, this, the, the last time I heard you, you were raging about that notion. Maybe it's tactical. It's Maybe he's hiding his insane plan. Ah, and the secretly, white van. Yeah, he's got like a, a basement somewhere full of like automatic rifles, and bullet belts <laughs> like Rambo. That's what you're going to go for a Joseph Fritzl solution there. He's already dug like a full basement under the house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe just under the edible garden where Tony and Adam have been digging. I will say at this point, we've discussed a lot of Pat and we haven't discussed Pat Chat this week. Well, there's the jingle. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. Pat Chat. It's become so ubiquitous. Ubiqu- hang on. Help me out, Kerry. Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. It's become so that that um people are starting to hear it places where it's not happening oh yeah funny that isn't it i mean i've heard loads of other things happening there from here that weren't that i read this theory that there's this thing called like um oh it's some kind of like when the sometimes it's like you know when you imagine something is happening that's not i remember watching touching the void 
and it was those two guys that climbed the mountain and then they fell oh, yeah. and one cut, cut the rope on the other. Uh-huh. And the guy that ended up crawling around said he just, in his mind, he imagined that the, the other guys were right behind him the whole time and they just didn't want to embarrass him. And he started hearing Brown Girl, Brown Girl in the Ring playing a ra- over and over again in his head and he doesn't know why. And it's some kind of oral um, comfort blanket. And I think when people are listening to something that's so distressing and so depressing... Sometimes you will hear something that brings you back home and makes you feel safe and warm. Oh, that's a good theory. It's such a good movie that. It's really, really it's what you feel physically sick, don't you, with fear and and, and trepidation for that poor yeah. guy. I think I watched that about a yeah. year after it came out, so it's it's due a rewatch. Well, I've never seen it. I would like to see that. It's not an easy watch, Kerry. You need to be, you know That's okay. You, you need a tub of ice cream, I think, to help get through it. Um, yeah, it's pretty, really tough. Do you know what? Uh, um, uh, I sorry, I don't know why my brain jumped there, but I was really sort of over the moon to hear the Chelsea and Freddie interaction this week. Yes, although she was so rude, Peter. Uh, yeah, but or 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 does it speak to speak of? I'm so determined they're going to get together, so I'm hearing what I want yeah. to hear. I hmm. so I'm not ignoring you, but I'm ignoring myself in a way i'm kind of just hearing mm-hmm. uh, i i think it speaks to a kind of easy familiarity and trust between them and she wasn't doing it in front of other people and freddie and it, it was kind of inferred that freddie views her as a kind of reliable confidant and he no longer is talking to her like she's yeah. this kind of idiot um subordinate yeah i liked that side of it and i agree i would like them to get together and i think there's these are hints that they could do aren't they all of these yeah. sort of little asides and him saying how much he values her and her bigging him up and saying you can do anything go on you know grasp it don't let anything get in your way i just thought why does she have to do that like oh god what are you doing could she not mm. say why are you? you know just say it in a normal voice that'd be better Playing devil's advocate, wouldn't we be saying, oh, what have they done with Chelsea? She's suddenly gone from being, you know, um, uh, uh, sort of, I, I don't know, a kind of, you know, little Britain character to kind of like Prunella Scales in one week. You know, <laughs> she needs to stay a teenager. Mm. At some point that has to happen though, doesn't it? Like they are going to have to flick a switch on her character. And we all want really good things for her. And whether mm. it's the fact that she becomes lady of the manor or not i think we're gonna have a a shift yeah sorry a, sh- a, sh- a, sh- a shift means um a shag in ireland so oh. i hope people haven't misread that <laughs> a shift at the orangery yeah they are managing her um i mean as we said to um madeline when she was on the show She's a she's arguably the biggest character in the show at the moment in the Archers at the moment, and they are uh-huh. paying a lot of care. They have have paid a lot of care and attention into how they've sort of yeah. boosted her character. So I think unlike with what they're doing with Justin, there's something going on there, and Rory, which mm-hmm. is just weird. They they've handled Chelsea's kind of growing up very well. You know, like some of these, uh, and also let's you know let's be fair, the acting has been sensational too. And the hairdressing is a really good way to get her into other people's homes yes, and to be dealing yes, with absolutely. loads of the characters, aren't, isn't it? Chelsea cut Linda's hair before she was due to go to wherever she went to collect her MBE. And Lillian thought that Linda thought it was a disaster. And went, oh my God, don't worry, I'm going to take you to Fabrice and we're going to fix it. Mm. And then this time it was Linda who had to convince Lillian to get her hair cut by Chelsea. And you had this yeah. whole therapy by haircut mm. thing that she just does to people i mean i did think there was that moment where she told the story about the the hairdressing student who brushed the mannequin's head so hard it fell off and rolled across the floor and, you know i thought lillian was going jenny's head fell off it was like <laughs> yeah do you think um fabrice is going to go out of business at this rate he's buggered um, so will he probably is quite regularly but um it's a stereotype it's a cruel stereotype matthew you're above that come on (laughs) but but maybe where is his salon is it in felpersham i believe so febreze felpersham yeah do you think um our chelsea can get the salon or 
Will she be a resident hairdresser at Grey Gables or something silly? I don't know. There is a kind of a, a cider shed um, Chelsea Horobin crossover in my dad's local village because there is a hairdressing salon called Rumours, which is also the name of a Fleetwood Mac <laughs> album. <laughs> I always run past it. Yeah, I bet you do. I want her to be a self-made woman, so I needed to have a mm. big salon in town, so in Borsetshire or, you know, in Felpsham, you know, whatever's going to make her most credibly successful and yeah. wealthy in her own right, so that she's not just, uh, uh, you know, Freddie's yeah, Freddie's little play thing, assuming this all uh-huh. happens. I think I think she's okay, great guns. In terms of having sympathy for characters, uh, Lillian, can we just have a quick chat about that? Yeah, there's a lot of people who are not in any way sympathetic to how she's behaving, and she they're saying that you, she's Terry? very no, that that they're saying she's very selfish. I, I'm giving lots of people a license on all of their behaviours at the moment because Jenny's just died, and people behave differently, and I don't think anyone's going to be normal. So, it's mm. it's it's getting on my nerves a bit that people are going, God, he, she's selfish, or oh, Rory's awful, or. It, you know, any of the, well, apart from Alice, she was annoying, but <laughs> but no, most of them, they're not right at the moment, are they? And I think Lillian has an understandable anger about being left out of the loop. I think she's going to get it in the end. It'll all be okay. But she's still processing everything. Do you think they're going to do the the flip where Lillian's actually dealing with it all? immediately and it's some of the people like tony and adam who have kind of like superficially been quite sort of steady eddies are going to actually have a bit of a wobble down the line yeah that might be more, more realistic yeah good point i think you're right that it's the feelings have to happen some time don't they but this is a testament to family warmth isn't it because when joe grundy died it was very emotional but the family he knew he was loved. They loved him. Yeah. They moved on. Clary and Emma walked down the, the country lane that night and they thought they saw two stars dancing in the sky and then they just moved on, didn't they? He yeah. was 3,622 years old, though, Matthew. <laughs> it was a slightly different thing. His last scene was Poppy had put lipstick or drew lipstick all over his face, which was wonderful. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just think they're they're such a dysfunctional bunch. That yeah. This is... This is bound to happen and you know if adam if adam goes through some grief later yeah you know i'm all for it i'll hear those scenes kerry can post the log picture as much as she likes (laughs) justin has been handling lily he's been really putting some effort in with lillian which feels weird yeah i think justin's been quite um i think you know i was saying about with um adam for you earlier on like Mm. is this your historical dislike of Adam that's showing or is it his specific behavior this week? Mm -hmm. He's actually Mm -hmm. done the right things. He's done it it in a very Adam way, but he's done all the right things. And I think actually, if you hadn't heard the archers before and you tuned in this week, you'd be like, you know, Oh, this Justin guy's quite nice. I can't wait to hear (laughs) more from him. I mean, apart from ruining Lee's plans to entertain his girls by forcing him to buy a year supply of double A batteries, he's been pretty stand up guy, isn't he? Yeah, and, and yeah. any anyone who goes back in for more to to entertain a small child is either you know recently released from prison or an absolute saint. <laughs> have, we, have we got a Mungo jingle? We do have a Mungo jingle. Yes, exactly. We, and then we <laughs> the prediction of Mungo and his guitar was uh, was quite accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just running around that. Apparently, he's like if he's not trying to run over the neighbor's cat, he's running around the house like hitting people with the guitar. <laughs> well, Matthew commissioned a Mungo jingle, so uh, here it is. Brilliant. Liz, give Mungo guitar. Yeah. <laughs> very the very eagle-eared among you might notice that the smashing guitar was um, the John Belushi scene from Animal House. <laughs> uh, okay. oh. You're going to have a smashing guitar sound. You've got to have the most famous one of all time. Because Kerry said last week, wasn't there a famous Mungo in a movie? But it was Mongo from Blazing Saddles, I realised after we were 
change. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I think we talked about this before, my absolute favourite character was the um, um, of Mice and Men character. You know, please, George, please let me play with the bunny rabbit. I will pet him and hug him and love him and kiss him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Something. right? Yeah. Yeah, I read yeah, that yeah, book yeah. in school. What's the name of the guy? That's going to bug me now. Don't have my phone anywhere well, near. Peter me. must know, considering he sort of can impersonate. Um, <laughs> Lenny, Lemmy, Lenny, yes. Lemmy, Lemmy, Lenny Small. Yeah, I was going to say, did Le- Kerry get a little bit turned on then? Go, oh, please, Kerry. <laughs> I will kiss you and hug you and love you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that when he sings, yeah, he sounds we'll totally different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only one I need is the Ace of Spades. Write that down. There's going to be a great song. <laughs> That was more um, Dustin Hoffman as Rain Man. <laughs> still good, though. Oh, can I just ask another question as well? You know when they were reading out the journal? Uh, no, not the journal. Linda was writing the piece for the Village website. I bet yeah. that gets all of five views. Anyway, um, but she said, Jenny Elizabeth Archer was born on the 7th of January, 1945. Well, did she have a birthday? In January. Uh, on the 7th of January. Weren't they out for dinner on the same night that they that Vince and ah. Elizabeth and David were having that terrible evening? And Ruth, ah, obviously. Was that they for were his, her birthday? Uh, yeah, they were in the same restaurant, weren't they? Well, no done, wonder you were able to do that Rain Man impersonation so well. Hell, your memory for this night. Yes, they were absolutely in the restaurant that evening because it was Jennifer's <laughs> birthday. Thank yeah. you, darling. 7th of January, 1945. <laughs> oh, boy. 78 oh, boy. years old. Can you remember yeah. what you were wearing when you were listening to the episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thing I'm always wearing. Nothing. Okay, not so. Oh, I see. Um, so come on in. Let's, uh, let's round off with the same way the week did. Let's have three tortuous minutes on the balcony with Julianne. Um, there was a few levels of it to me. Uh, one was the fact it was com- madly implausible. Two is just how dislikable um, uh, Julianne was. And then the third thing was having to hear Rory do that kind of weird attempted sexiness, then begging was just mm. awful. There were four levels, I think, actually. So it's on the fourth floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's a cheap joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was very odd wasn't it how i mean all of it's odd isn't it with those two all of it but um mm. him begging as well no no what am i gonna do but do you think i mean is he gonna be homeless because she did say that's my apartment didn't she while he's been telling everyone it's his well apparently spaffed all the money that brian sent him mm. is pride gonna get in the way of him actually going back to his family and saying look i do need some help well the gay festival <laughs> but he might he you know oh. is this is that's basically the problem isn't it he he has nowhere to turn except for his family and they're the last people he wants to go to but it's very interesting because he it's only now dawned on him that the relationship he had with julianne was utterly disposable at any point did he honestly think he was in control of any of it? Did he honestly think it would last a very, very long time? Did he not think she'd probably get bored of him at some point and move to another? Was he her first one? Has she had loads before him? Well, he definitely got the heebie-jeebies when she said, don't worry, I can find someone else to go to the Barbican oh, yeah. with me. Oh. And that was last week, wasn't it? Almost yeah. like she's got a, sorry, one for the teenagers, a Rolodex of uh, young men to to call up and mm. well she is one for the teenagers julianne anyway what yeah. we think Harry, when you release one of your little smashes mm. do they have a severance period or is it are you like julianne is it just like you know <laughs> it just that's it they're gone out the flat i like to give them like written notice yeah. a month yeah and then we have we have awkward sex for that month <laughs> and then, then off they go it sounds like you're very fair firm but fair as, as I would have predicted. How drunk would someone have to be to mess up a business deal for you, Kerry? Oh, Kerry can answer that herself. She's done it loads of times. Yeah, I, I have to, I'm always the most drunk, so I don't notice. <laughs> okay, there we go. 
when we first did the podcast, you would regularly have had like a massive boozy night the night before. You're living quite a quiet life, life these days. I'm aren't you? having a big one tomorrow. I'm going to London for the day. I'm meeting a right big bunch of Twitter people, only two of whom I've met before, one of whom took me to a craft work gig. Uh, That was one of the best gigs of my life. And the other one um, is a podcast person. He took me to a craft work gig. Sounds like a euphemism. (laughs) No, he took me to a craft work gig. (laughs) Okay. And um, so you're going to be soaking in a bath like a tea bag on Sunday morning, just letting yes. you know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Have a fantastic time doing that. And let's check another in. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So, Kerry, um, talking of Twitter, mm-hmm. um, who, who are the sorts of people you're meeting up with and where would people go if they want to join in um, the chat and potentially be on the invite list next year? Well, do you know, most of them are not archers people, although two of them very much are. Two of them are people who are on another archers podcast who are meeting tomorrow. Yeah, but the rest of them are totally sort of from a different corner of Twitter. Um, Ah, okay, right. They go to another school. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, but if you want to come and play with us on Twitter, it's at the Cider Shed Pod and use the hashtag the archers and have a right old laugh there and we we broke 3000 last week and we're nearly 3100 yeah it's all popping off on um on instagram as well i've been having a lot of fun on there this week had a little bit of a, a montage of manic monday and a train going to swindon at the beginning of the week uh <laughs> yesterday I posted uh, a series of audios of things I am forced to listen to at work, which are archers actors doing audios for English classes. And I asked people to guess who they were. So we had Elizabeth, Brian, I thought Paul. Paul kindly got in touch, who was also Joshua Riley in real life, and just went, "Um, that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Really? But But he was lovely about it. And then he said he's actually recording for that for Cambridge and stuff so he w- he said you oh. might hear me in the future uh, oh. there was someone else as well I can't remember who it was oh David David was complaining about his noisy neighbours anyway we mm. are ever growing in on there and we are at the Cider Shed pod the same as Twitter on Instagram and we have a Facebook group which got a load of new members this week which was called the Cider Shed podcast so you can find us there too amazing we've got two new five star reviews as well put on this week um one by the zulu warrior and they've titled it irreverent <laughs> um and they've put punchy funny and very scathing of the characters i love listening to this one there's a good vibe between the three presenters and they come across well now my favorite archers podcast Woo! <laughs> and then red agnes has also given us a five-star review where have i been well, I was listening to a different Archer's podcast, she says. Hello, Kerry and Peter and other person with lovely voice. You're welcome. <laughs> Fabulous. I love the bleeped out sweariness, although she put sweatiness. Well, that um, R and T is very close on the keyboard, yeah. isn't it? I How mean, I, I would, <laughs> once the summer kicks in, you never know. Mm. Might have to bleep she, out that like a Sam Smith video that the right wing can get really upset over. Yeah, and bless her, she's put delicious back catalogue to catch up on. So she's going to go back and listen to all of our almost 100 episodes. Well, you will be able to hear Matthew shirtless back in the good old days when he was recording in his little um, cool hand Luke hot box, oh, yeah. aka his pantry. No, no, no. I was shirtless sat where I am right now. Um, in uh, the hot, in, you know, I wasn't shirtless when I was in the pantry. Okay, but the, the, Matthew, Matthew was, uh, yeah, he was hot in all senses back in the day. It was, you know, that, that era, the era is going to be over soon. Matthew's going to be in his um, Desres new um, penthouse, mm. 
without the sounds of uh, you know farting motorbikes and uh, like cucaracha parties and um, you know gyms <laughs> with um, techno. Well, you know, you never know who your new neighbours are going to be. So let's see. Oh. No, exactly, new era, new sounds. Um, and I think we have to say a big thank you to all our new patrons. We've had I think six new patrons this week, and yeah, yeah. it is hard. It is hard to exaggerate how much of a bounce it puts in our step because um, we love doing this podcast, but it is um, it's a heavy, it's a it's a big old lift, um, and it's, it's yeah. much appreciated. Any all of your generosity. Yeah, I had very my favourite named Patreon of the week. Although we love you all, Cherry Lips. There was Adam Rayner, Ben Johnson, Dan Tooley, Andrew Marchetti, and Richard Webb. And if I didn't, Caroline Godkin and Helen Davis. If I didn't mention you last week, I mentioned you now. But I think you got a double mention. So yeah, thanks to everyone. Massive help. I'm gonna have to beat this out because I think it'd be inappropriate not to. But um, my my son's new um, one of the people who works at my son's nursery is called. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> that is an establishment from Lewisham, isn't it? Yeah, it's the maybe the best name any human beings ever had. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it would be inappropriate to say it on on air. But yeah, um, well, guys, um, do we have uh, football to talk about? Well, it was frozen for a while because of the whole uh, game happening right now at Stamford Bridge. But I can tell you, not much. Right, hang on. I'll go with that. As far as I know, not much has changed. Just quick jump in. Let's have a look at the league. I've got three points so far. God knows what that's for. Um, four four poo. This outsider is still number one. Um, Andrew Beasley in third. Julie Fremantle in fourth. Uh, where's Kerry? Kerry's dropped in the table. She doesn't care. Real life is real life is keeping Kerry absolutely fine. I think you'd sacrifice the uh, fancy football league for your life. I'm still in seventeenth, and um, uh, Peter's now in twenty third. I was in fifth last week. Just stop being dramatic. Okay, well you dropped from fourth to fifth, didn't you? Months ago. Okay. Anyway, um, details how to join the league are in our podcast description. If you already have an existing team, and we'll we'll. We'll prep everyone next season on how to get involved. You're drawing nil-nil with Fulham at the moment, then. Yeah, yeah, despite spending mm. 600 million. Never mind, Matthew. Well, um, <laughs> Kerry needs to start preparing for her big day tomorrow. Um, yep. Get, you know, get all those hip flasks um, cleaned and ready to, <laughs> ready to refill. I might have to video call you at some point, Kerry. Okay, yeah, you can try. <laughs> I, I don't know what state I'll be in at whichever time, but yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. I'll, we'll keep, I'll keep you posted with how it's all going. Well, take care, Kerry. You know, look after yourself. Mm. Be responsible. I will. Peter, if I were to say the word omnipresent, could you then edit it in and my failed attempts to say ubiquitous? <laughs> which I no, of course one not. Of those, it's just one of those <laughs> words I cannot say. I cannot yeah, say and, and this is You're staying not a perfect in. man, are you? Yeah, no. I can't. It's, it's the same way that I can't say slalom for skiing. And you say adjective. Yeah, adjective, adjective. Yeah. It's because in Australia it's different. Yeah, we're not in f-ing Australia now. Well, how do you know? Anyone who's listening to this could be anywhere, Kerry. Anyone who's got to eight, episode 97 of this podcast without realising that you're flawed. Has bigger problems than how you pronounce omnipresent or whatever it was. Um, anyway, have a lovely weekend, guys, and um, yes. everyone else. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Later. Bye. Hang on.